This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. We yield as member, our members as instruments of righteousness unto you. Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy, your mercy and your grace over us today. And we purpose today to receive what you have for us. Open our eyes and open our ears. We made a quality decision to come today to hear and to be healed. And we will not be disappointed. We will not leave the same way that we came in. We thank you for your mighty power, for your working of your mighty power. We thank you that he who is in us is greater than any diagnosis. It's greater than any long-term, short-term, anything that exalts itself or tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God bows its name at the name of Jesus. So we declare Jesus is Lord over this place today. And Father, we receive everything that you have for us. We bind every evil thing and we loose the power of the Holy Spirit in this place today. And we set our hearts to receive from you. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome. You want to say anything before I start? Okay, glory to God. Glory to God. I saw a pastor moving my papers over here. I thought maybe he's going to start preaching. But I don't think you could read what's here, so we're safe. <laughs> oh, glory. Well, welcome to Church of the Harvest. I see some new faces. Uh, for those of you that do not know, this is our pastor, Bob Thomas. You want to stand up and wave? We got new people here. <laughs> well, stand up and say hello. <laughs> Wonderful man of God, full of the Spirit wisdom in operation. If you've never heard him preach, come on or get to the website and hear. You're missing some wonderful stuff if you don't. And I'm Jill Rook. Um, I'm the director of the Healing and the Wellness Ministry at here at Church of the Harvest, and we just want to welcome you. We are seeing just mighty, mighty, mighty. I'm not going to say incredible because incredible means that it's not credible. So I'm going to tell you that we are seeing mighty, awesome, credible miracles in operation in this place and as we go. And I'm never, I'm never, uh, I never cease to be in awe. Uh, you get a telephone call. You encounter somebody. Um, we had a healing team go out this week to somebody. And while we were in the lobby getting ready to pray, this lady came huffing and a puffing and sat by us. Divine appointment. So we prayed before we got to pray, and she received. It's a God thing. It is a God thing. Never let go of your faith. Whatever you receive at that moment, never let go because faith is now. Well, when you take a step, that was before and this is now. So faith operates and it continues to operate and the seed continues to grow and mature and produce. And it, what it produces depends on the seed that you plant it, doesn't it? It'd be kind of funny to be on your... Uh, on your front porch looking at your crop and expecting corn to grow when you plant wheat. You know, what about, did you plant any strife this week? Or did you plant love? 
What did you think about this week? I'm going to talk to you about a couple things today, and we're going to tie it into healing and how to receive. A thought unspoken dies unfulfilled. You ever thought about that? A thought unspoken dies unfulfilled. We can take that a step further and say, without action, victory is never achieved. So think about every thought that comes through your brain. Just capture one or two. Think about something that you worried about this week. Anybody worry about anything at all this week? If we did, we're in sin, so don't raise your hand. Because <laughs> what did he say? Be careful for nothing and everything. Give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you. And he said to cast every care over unto him. And when you do that and you cast that care, don't just cast it over and forget about it. What you need to do is you need to give it over to him but, you know, there's a great exchange that happened at the cross, wasn't there? What happened? When he took everything for us, and it stopped there, right? No. Shake your head this way. No. It didn't stop there. He took everything. He bore it all, and we received that part. That receiving part is what many people are having difficulty with because they never receive their healing because they never settle that Jesus paid it at the cross. And if he paid it in full, it belongs to you. Now, if pastor told everybody this morning, I have $100,000 sitting in an account with each one of your names on it, and you said, well, <laughs> he would be happy too, wouldn't he? And you said, well, I don't know him. I don't, I don't really know. I, I don't think he has $100,000. And so you just went home and thought, well, I sure wish he would have because I could have really used it. But you never put a demand. You never went and said, uh, can you tell me where that account is? How do I access it? What do I do? Where are my checks? Oh, we don't need checks anymore. We can just get online. What's the passcode? Let me do it that way. If you never put a demand to get any of it, that would still be an account with your name on it, legally belonging to you, but you would have no benefit of it. So, such is the way with healing. There's no benefit to you if you never appropriate it, if you never get it and take it and believe it was done and receive it for yourself. So, we come back to a thought, unspoken, dies unfulfilled. So Jesus said, don't take the thought saying, right? Or the scripture says, don't take the thought saying, don't take the thought saying. When he's talking about that, he's talking about the enemy coming after you. And then what happens? You get a bad report, and what's the first thing you do? You go call somebody. Oh, this has happened, that's happened. But yet, in reality, when we do that, we take that thought, and what have we done? We have rehearsed what the diagnosis is. We have rehearsed what the problem is. And so you hear people say, yeah, but I, I, I'm just telling you the truth. No, you're not. Because either you are telling me the truth or God is telling me the truth. Which one do you choose? I choose God, all right? But no condemnation because people don't know. If you've never been taught, how do you know? You know how many people in this place can go put a brand new roof on and do an excellent shape? If you're a roofer, you can, but if you're not, you're thinking, mm -mm, mm -mm. no, I need to go get somebody that will help me. Well, that's what healing school is for, and that's what healing services are for, to get you 
to get you to the point where you can grab a hold of what God said is yours and do the practical application. And so you can labor, according to Hebrews 4, that you can labor to enter into his rest. Because that's all the labor we do. You know, we don't have to try to get him to heal us because he said, listen, I'm for you. I'm disposed to show favor. You are one of my works. Your tender mercies, my tender mercies are all over you, all over you. Look up for your salvation is near. Salvation, sozo, means nothing missing, nothing broken. Not just that you're going to get to heaven with fire behind you. You're going to get there. But you're also on this earth, saved, healed, delivered, set free, nothing missing, nothing broken, kept safe and sound. But how many people appropriate all of that? Well, you say it's kind of hard. Well, you know, some days living seems to be a little difficult, but we still do it, right? And really and truly, we do everything that we want to do. We do exactly what we want to do because we make the decision to do. And every decision is preceded by a thought. And the thought comes, and you decide whether you're going to take the thought. You decide if you're going to take the thought of God or you're going to take the thought of the enemy. You decide what you're going to do. And how do you decide when you decide how you implement it is through words, is it not? So when you get the diagnosis that nothing is going to go right and you're going to forever be straddled with this disease and you're going to have pain, you're going to have to take pills, then you're going to have to spend a lot of money and then you don't know how you're going to do this because this is predicated on that. What is the appropriate thought to take? Well, if you stand with God, you get a scripture and you start looking. You don't have to have a hundred. You start with one, two, or three. And you start getting it in, and you start getting it in, you start getting it in, and that's what you speak out. Now listen, what do your feelings have to do with anything here? Thank you. Absolutely nothing. And why is that? Who's in charge? Okay, feelings, they're the lowest manifestation, they're the lowest, they're the lowest uh, uh, what do I want to say, the lowest sense form. Everything in the sense realm is the lowest point that you can get. God deals with the spirit to spirit, right? We are a spirit. We have a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, and we live in our suit. And so whatever is contacted by this outer shell, our earth suit, if I were to take off my jacket and my jacket was behind, I would still continue to be, right? My jacket would have no life in it, right? Well, the real you, the shell here, this body is just the jacket. And when you leave, the body ceases to function, but you live. So does your soul. Your soul goes with you. Remember, uh, well, I'm not going to go there because um, let's go to Proverbs 13 in chapter 2. That, chapter 13, excuse me, in verse 2, I'm going to start. It says, a man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the transgressors shall eat, shall eat violence. He that keeps his mouth keeps his life, but he that opens wide his lips shall have destruction. The soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. Now think about this for a minute. A good man shall eat by the fruit of his mouth, by the fruit. Of, what, is, what is that referring to? Is it the word of God coming out of your mouth? 
So when you have a thought, remember, when we go in the, in the line of things, the thoughts go to meditation. What you think about, you'll meditate on. What you meditate on, you'll begin to talk about. What you talk about, you begin to act on. Now, that action produces behaviors and patterns of behaviors. And those patterns of behaviors then in turn produce habits. And then habits control you. Now, not everybody get with that? Think about when you get up in the morning, what's the first five things you do? Put them in reverse order. How, how much you think you'd fight yourself for that? You have a pattern, you have a habit, and you, sometimes you probably get up and you just do this number and you're already going, your eyes are not even open, but you already know, what you, you already know where you're going and what you're doing. And before you even think about those things that are habits, they're already done. They're, and there's not really, you're, you're mentally somewhere else. And so, you know, it's a lot harder to change a habit than it is to go ahead and just do new and think right. You know, to go and change that habit takes a lot of energy. So let's look at Proverbs 23.7. I just want to show you, I'm going to build a, a, a basis here, and then we're going to move on real quick. 23.7 says this, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. I'm going to stop right there. Now, all this, um, um, the discretion of the translators, commas and sometimes italics are added. And think about, so I want you to think about this. It says, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So instead of saying, as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. As he thinks, what he plants in his thinking eventually will drop down to your heart. It comes out of your mouth because the next scripture that we're going to look at, let's, um, let's look at Luke 6 and 45. God bless you there. A good man out of the good treasure's heart bringeth forth fruit, excuse me, bringeth forth that which is good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For... Of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Now, think about this. It's not, it, it, it comes, excuse me, it comes from the abundance, from the overflow. From the overflow. Now, if you ever want to see what's in your heart in abundance, next time you do something goofy like smack your toe or hit your head, what comes out of your mouth? What's the very first thing that comes out of your mouth without you thinking? That is what is in your heart in abundance. Now, if you train yourself, if you train yourself when those things happen, you train yourself to speak God's word, you'll be surprised what kind of difference you get. Everybody has smacked their toe in the middle of the night at some point in time and another, haven't you? And... Um, so we remember the old days. We don't want to go back there and what we would say and what we would do. And you remember how long a time it took you to overcome, usually a couple of days, to get over that big smack and the purple toes and whatever else. And, you know, if you've ever broken any of them, all you can do is buddy tape those little guys anyway. So 
you got to get over it. There's not much you can do. So, but now think about the new you, the real you, the spirit inside of you that has put healing in your body and has guarded their heart and put the word of God so that there is no corrupt communication that proceeds out of your mouth, but only that which is used to edifying. Because remember, you have power in your words. And the power is backed by Almighty God if you're yielding to him. The power, you invite the enemy to come in if you have yielded to him. So think about the scenario. You're getting up and all of a sudden, bang, and you know it hurts. It really hurts. And you think, oh, my God, that's what's going through your mind. Other things that want to come out of your mouth. But instead of that, you say, well, glory to God, by his stripes, I'm healed. Toes, listen to me. And you start telling that pain to go. And you tell your toes to line up with the word of God. And you refuse to be moved by anything you feel. Now listen, the senses are going to talk loud. And in the beginning, it's not an easy thing to do. Trust me. You make mistakes, you repent, be quick to repent. Just be real quick to repent. Anytime you make a mistake, say, Lord, forgive me. If God was out to get you, tell me how long it would take him to find you. You know, I mean, when you think about that, what can you say? It wouldn't take him any time. And if he was against us instead of for us, would we be here today? I don't know about you, but I can definitely answer about me. And the answer would be a resounding no. He would have got me a very long time ago. So with that, in the process of healing, what do we want to look at? We want to take the word of God. And it's wonderful if we take it before we need it. And we start planning it in there. And we start planning in there. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, so you go and you're getting, you, you go and you get this bad report. Maybe you know nothing about the Word of God, and the report says, um, uh, um, uh, listen, I just hate to tell you this, but um, uh, I don't expect that you're going to be here at Christmas time. And um, you go, what? And everything goes tilt inside of you. You don't know what. Well, you have a choice right then and there. You have a choice. The choice is not to argue with the delivery person, because the delivery person is just the delivery person. He's been educated, and hopefully he's in his assigned position helping you to get to health and healing and wholeness. But many are not, okay? So you have a choice. What are you going to do? Do you believe the report, or do you not believe the report? And see, what I've, what, what I've trained myself to do now is say, hmm, that's not my report. Now, I don't respond to the person. I respond inside. And when I get an opportunity, I tell these ears what it is this heart believes. Because this heart is hooked up with the things of God. And I'm getting what God says is mine. It doesn't matter if anybody in the world doesn't get it. If God said it's mine, I'm going to set my heart on it. I'm going to set my actions, and I'm going to go for what God says. Now, how many of you know that a lot of times there's a process involved? I want instant everything, don't you? Well, not instant everything. Any bad seed, I don't want it at all. I don't want it instant or otherwise. But the process still exists. And when you plant a seed, if you plant corn today, well, tomatoes. Tomatoes, nice time for tomatoes. If you plant tomato, uh, a seed today, do you have tomatoes later in the afternoon? No, it's a process, isn't it? And then do you know that the weeds try to get your tomato plant? 
Isn't that something? In the middle of the summer, 110 degrees, you're out there pulling weeds out of your ground, and the weeds don't want to go. I don't know about your weeds, but I know about mine, and they resist the process. And so, you know, you got to get out the big guns sometimes. Sometimes just get out the tiller and just till them all up and rake them away. It's like, I'll teach you something. See, you go through the process and you just keep putting more word and you put 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 more word inside and let it come out of your mouth. Because you are, you are literally, we're going to end with this scripture in Mark, but you are literally speaking to the mountain, commanding the mountain to be removed. Now, remember once upon a time that we kind of believed that, oh, God, move the mountain for me. Oh, God, move the mountain for me. Oh, God, do. And God said, listen, I gave you authority. I gave you power. It's not in my hands. It's in your hands. I've already done everything. I haven't moved anywhere. I've been here. You've moved. Now, if you will come near to me, I will come near to you. It's not even a, I might. He said he will, and we know God is not a man that he should lie. All right, let's look at Mark. Um, let's see, I want to go to Mark 12. Where do I want to go? 12.33, let's go to. I don't want to go there. All right, let's skip that one. I'll come back because that is not what I want. All right, let's do this. Now, we talked about thinking about what you think about, you meditate on. What you meditate on, you speak about. What you speak about, you act on. And then what you act on produces behaviors, right? And those behaviors produce habits. Do you know that every thought that you have is a seed? Every word that you speak is a seed. Every action is a seed. Every word of God is a seed. Every word of the enemy is a seed. So as God needs somebody to believe his word and to enter in, the enemy needs somebody to believe his word and enter in. But what are the words of the enemy? Everything that's anti-God. If he can get doubt and unbelief mixed in with your faith, he's contaminated your faith, and it makes you think that you may not this time get something from God. Well, have you ever heard anybody say, well, if it's God's will... I want to be healed. And so the question there is, do you think God gave you this sickness to teach you anything? No, of course not. Because if he did, then the question would be, well, why did you go to the doctor to get rid of it? And then why don't you ask for more? But now let's look at this. Where would God go to get sickness and disease? Is there any in heaven? There's none in heaven, is there? All right, so he said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If there is no sickness in heaven, then God's will is for no sickness to be on earth. 
All right? So when you yield your members to the enemy, so let's just talk about doubt and unbelief in this. If you yield your members, yeah, but I know sister so-and-so who had this thing, and she went and departed to go to heaven. All right? Let me ask you, what does that have to do with the Word of God? Yeah, but she was a believer. What does it have to do with the Word of God? Can we say absolutely nothing? Why? Why absolutely nothing? Because is the Word of God true or those circumstances true? The Word of God is always truth. It's always truth. It's always truth. Listen, if you get to the point, you tell yourself, God loves me. He loves me. He loves me. He finds no fault in me because I can tell you today that God finds absolutely no fault in you whatsoever because he put everything on Jesus, everything on Jesus, everything. Do you think that you could bear something that Jesus didn't bear? No. Absolutely not. He did it all. He completed it all. So why do we want to step in and try to take some of it? With all of our fiber and all of our being, we need to be against the enemy. And if you know that sickness and disease is not of God, it's from the enemy, then you can stand and say, no, I know that I know that I know that is not mine. It does not belong to me. Now, when you have a stranger come up to your door and they knock on your door, knock, knock, knock. And you look and you think, hmm, I'm not liking that too much. Uh, yes, and you never unlock your door and you say, may I help you? And he said, well, I've just come in. You don't really know me, but I don't really have a place to go. I want to live in your house. Now, are you going to be, are you going to open your door and say, well, y'all come on in? No, you're going to say, I, I think you need to go. He said, well, I, I don't want to go. Well, then I'm going to call the police. Well, you know, I'm not going. And so he sits down on your front porch. Pretty soon he knocks and he says, I'm thirsty. Will you give me something to drink? You say, you need to go. You need to go. And so pretty soon a family member comes in and says, hey, what, what, what's, that, what's that person doing on the front porch? You say, oh, well, I don't know. He just won't leave. But you don't do anything about it. You don't do anything about it. You don't do anything about it. Pretty soon what happens? That person's there. Well, that's what sickness and disease, it kind of comes in and it kind of camps and you think it's not a big deal, I can live with it. But if sickness, all sickness and all disease are anti-God, why do we want to? A headache, an a, a ingrown toenail, a, a, any of that, I don't feel good. It's all anti-God and we're called to resist it. Now remember the scripture, everybody quotes the scripture, resist the devil and he will flee from you. All right, but what a lot of people tend to forget is submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Without God, any resisting that you do doesn't produce the same thing that submitting to God, because one word from God can change your life forever. Let's take a look at, um, um, well, let me just say this. We won't have to go here. Words will produce. Every single time they will produce. And so Mark 4 says this, take heed what you hear for how you measure it. How important it is to you is going to be determining how important the results are or how big the results are. Can I say it that way? Let's look at 1 Samuel 17. 
I want to show you what words can do here. And they are all, they're good, they're used for good or they're used for evil. Have you met, ever met anybody in your life that, um, that their heart is so good, it doesn't matter what happens to them, they always respond in a wonderful manner? You know, if somebody says something ugly about them, their response would be something, oh, they probably had a hard day, you know? And I'm thinking, that's to be admired. That is to be admired. But they're few and far in between because typically when somebody comes after us in a negative way, what do we want to do? We want to come back at it. We, want to, we, we don't necessarily, per se, want to get revenge, but we want to show them. We want to give them a piece of our mind. But God's way is love. He said the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal they're not insignificant. They're not little. If you really knew how mighty they are, they're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. But when you think about it, one of the weapons is love, is it not? So when somebody hurts us and says something against us or does something against us, if our reaction comes up one of love and we operate the way God operates, then it allows God to go in and pull down the strongholds that keep people from receiving. You know, if we all knew the bondage, you know, especially unsaved people, if they knew how darkened and in bondage the enemy had them, they would beg to be free. But if you don't know you're in darkness because you've never experienced light, how do you know unless somebody comes and tells you and gives you the way and helps you on the way out? Now, let's look at Samuel here. First uh, Samuel 17, and we're going to start in verse 8. It says, And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said, Now, this is Goliath. Now, Goliath, you remember, like, he's nine foot nine feet tall, big guy, heavily armored. He has a armor bearer, you know, and um, he's, he's um, taunting. He is taunting all the Israelites over there. And he said, um, why have you come out to sit your battle in array? Am I not a Philistine and you servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you and come, let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all of Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now listen, this giant would come out and he would declare to this God's army what he was going to do to them. This big giant would come out and they would hide behind the rock. And they would listen to what he had to say. You know, when you look at this, and you just step back, how goofy. If somebody's telling you awful news, I mean, wouldn't, I mean, the better thing would be at least to hide. Close your ears. Don't listen. You know, I'm not listening. I'm not listening. I'm not listening. Wouldn't you at least do that if you didn't know anything else to do? But they came out, and they just, every time that giant said, you are nothing, you'll never make it, here's the doctor's report. Well, I've seen hundreds of these, and what I can tell you is that you're going to have to take medication for the rest of your life, and I don't want to hear, well, can I go 
get somebody to pray for me. No, you need to go have this treatment right now. You know, when you hear that, and then you go talk to somebody else, and they say, you know, you better do with this man that you don't know, that you've only seen a couple times in your entire life, who virtually knows nothing about you except a few test results and eyeballing you, is telling you to go and have done. Don't you want another opinion? Don't you want to hear another voice? But just by this giant, and let's face it, when pain comes, you hurt. It's not fun. It has your attention. And let us say that we do sometimes things in pain that we would never do. You know, we're a spiritual giant when there's not a pain in our body, but heaven forbid a headache starts coming. Oh, where's aspirin? Where's aspirin? Listen, you need to take aspirin? Take it. Take it in faith. Listen, aspirin, I'm going to tell you, you were created to get rid of headaches. So that's what you're going to do, and you're not going to do one stinking side effect in my body. Do you hear me? I'm talking to you. All of creation has ears. All of, you got something in your body that is not right? Talk to it. If you're not right and you're not where you're supposed to be, get that mirror in front of your face. Smile real big and say, listen, I got something to tell you, and you're going to do it. You understand me? Talk to yourself and to yourself and listen. Don't let the giant talk to you and tell you how worthless you are, how you will never amount to anything, how you'll never do anything. And you know all those other people, if they couldn't do it, you know, they were so spiritual, and if they can't do it, what makes you think you have any chance? But God. If you can't say anything else, but God. But God. If you can't even do that, say Jesus. 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 And then tell yourself, I believe the word of the Lord. And he will do what he said in his word for me this day when it's faith. Now. Now. Now faith is. Wasn't then. It's not going to be. It's now. You can always locate yourself by how you talk. If you're talking in the future, one day I'm going to be healed, you're not in faith. Faith is now. Now faith. By his stripes, I am healed. He already did it 2,000 years ago. I receive it. It belongs to me. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but my body's not cooperating. What does that have to do with anything? Your body will line up with you, spirit, spirit man, your spirit. Remember when you were born again? Is everybody in here born again? Everybody? Okay. Everybody know Jesus, right? So we're all talking to family, right? All right. Do you know if this is the arm and that's the foot and that's the neck and these are the knees and each one of you have a part when the neck is out of joint, what happens to everybody else? Everybody is affected, are they not? So we need to be a healed body for the service of the Lord. So each one of us have a vested interest in everybody else being healed and whole and growing in the things of God. It's important because as they receive, you also receive. As you receive, they receive. We're not in competition with one another. We're in cooperation. We all report to the same Jesus. We get our orders from Jesus. And he said, I bought it. I paid for it. 
I endured, I went to hell for you. But I brought the chains. And I spoiled all principalities and powers and rulers. Open your eyes up and hear and be healed. It's your choice. But you know, there's no condemnation. It's a process sometimes. It is a process. Healing is a process. Sometimes we didn't get there overnight. And sometimes we don't change overnight. But it has happened on the inside. And so here, literally what you do is when you pray, here's the way I say it. When you pray, believe that you receive. So I always say I receive at the amen. So at the amen, you've asked for something, okay? And at the amen, you believe you take possession of it, right? So if, Nancy, you stand up for a second for me. In giving and receiving, all right? If I'm giving something and you don't take it, I'm going to put it under here. All right. Okay. She has it on her person. Can she utilize anything? She cannot, can she? Because she never took possession of it. So God said, I sent my word and I healed you and delivered you from all destruction. Now she has possession of it greatly grabbed it, not going to let go. We used to do this demonstration, and we would give some of the Bible, and we would grab it back right away in an indication of the Word of God being stolen. Look at her. She's not letting go. She's not letting go. That's how we are with healing. God sent his Word. That means he put his, Jesus bought and paid for it all. He sent his word, all wrath, all destruction, all poverty, all lack, all sickness, all disease was paid for at the cross. And literally that means that he bore it. That means he carried it away. And in exchange, so he became that for us in exchange, we receive what he has done. Now remember, it's impossible to please God without faith, right? For you have to believe that he is and that he's a rewarder to those that every now and then call on his name. Those that diligently seek him. How often does sickness and disease work? When does it ever take a break? It works 24-7, right? Sickness and disease, all it is is death in process. Some faster, some slower, but that's all it is. It's a form. There was no sickness or disease before the fall of man. So when sin entered, death by sin, sickness and disease entered in on that. And the enemy would like to, to annihilate anybody that's working for the things of God. But he can't come to you to say and say, well, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to take your life today. You're going to say, oh, no, you're not. I know who I am. I'm a child of the Almighty God, and I will live and not die. Besides that, he said, with long life will he satisfy me and show me his salvation. You're not doing it. But now, he's, he, 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 he'll do it in degree. Well, you know, listen, I think you're getting a headache. I think a headache's coming your way. And then pretty soon, somebody says, you know, well, I think, I think I'm getting a headache. Oh, you know, Mama had that stuff, and Grandma had that stuff. And you know, it runs in the family. So at 48 years old, you better watch out because every man in the family has died of heart attack. And I, I, I think, you know, it runs in the family. I don't know what will happen to me. I'll be, I'll be fortunate if I live to 50. And they repeat that, and they repeat that. What have they done? They have gone in the spiritual world 
But instead of going to God's, they have gone into the enemy's camp and they called things forth. They made a quality decision. They brought it into them and they sunk that by the words of their mouth and the meditation. They sunk it in their heart and they continued to go and say those things until they got results. Now, we are so practiced sometimes in that realm that sometimes it's hard to, to move the little ship, but it moves by just a little bit of a rudder, the tongue. Sometimes I look in the mirror and say, I don't care how you feel. I mean, I have sympathy for you because obviously I feel it, but I don't care how you feel. You are going to do this today. And if I don't want to, I just kind of pinch my ear until it hurts. See? <laughs> I don't know what you have to do. I know what I have to do until I can get myself going. And I tell myself what I believe. I tell myself. I believe. And, you know, there's a one or two people that, the one or two people that can find the way to touch a button for me, you know. You ever, you ever have any of those people in your life? They know where to push, how to push, and when to push. And they never push at a time when you are just got everything all together, do they? No, but I do know one thing. Thank you, God, that you love that person. You love them. You created them. You love them as much as you love me. I don't know how that's possible, but anyway, <laughs> you love them, and I'm asking you to bless them today. Open their eyes. Father, change my attitude. See, healing is not going to work in an unforgiving heart. You got odd against anybody. You know how if you have anything against anybody, when you see that person, it kind of comes up and ticks you. It's like, mm, don't like that dress today. Mm, don't like. Listen, so what? So what? I don't care how you feel. What I care about is having God's power in operation in my life. I care. And I, well, it says be careful for nothing. So let me re re rephrase my words here. I am in line with the things of God because I want the things of God in operation. How many times has somebody come up to you when they need something, they need healing, and you think, oh, I ain't got nothing, nothing, don't have anything, but God does. And if you're hooked up with God, you know you're just the delivery person. The delivery person doesn't have to look great. They don't have to smell great. They just have to be yielded to the one, the only but have you ever been in a river and not got wet yourself? Listen, when the river of God flows, <laughs> you're touched. You get something. The power of God is all over you. You get into praise. The enemy can't stand. What does that mean? Sickness and disease can't stand. Oh, God, make them shut up. Make them shut up. No, for I will praise you because I know whom I have believed in. And I know that he is on my side. I know sickness and disease is not. And guess where I'm standing? I'm healed. I am healed. Well, you know, I had so-and-so pray for me, and they were really spiritual, and I didn't get nothing. You know what? What does the vessel matter? You just said that the Spirit of the Lord that was in them couldn't do anything for important you. Ooh, ouch. It's not the vessel. 
It's he who is in me is greater than any diagnosis that you have. He who is in you is greater than any diagnosis you have. Whose report do you believe? What you think about, you're going to talk about. What you think about, you make a decision. What you believe is what you act on. And if everything you're saying and everything you're doing is when you're at church, oh, hallelujah, I believe I'm healed. And then everybody else you talk to and say, I just, I just don't know when this is going to happen. I just, I don't know if God knows where I'm at. I just, this is so bad. Nobody has gone through what I've gone through. Yet, that is such a lie from the pit of hell. Because God knows exactly where you're at. He said he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He said, let the weak say, I am strong. Yeah, but you don't understand. No, thank God, and I don't have to. But is it too big for Jesus? So the words that you listen to, what you listen to matters. Are you listening to the giant tell you how you'll never make it? How it will never be possible? How you'll never come out? You know, none of it. I've heard of people who were in their 90s, 94, 98, getting healed. One couple I heard about not too long ago, either they're 84 or 92, I forget, somewhere in there, but they were not spring chickens. They had recently got married, and they went to a healing meeting so they could be healed and enjoy their life. They left whole, healed. And I'm thinking they were 90, I think, I think, but it's somewhere up in that area. So is it too late for you? No, no, you're not too young, you're not too old, none of that. Okay, so let's go look at two more examples, and then we'll, we will close it up here. Let's go to Mark 5. I'm going to tell you real quick about some of the things that you can find. If you just go through and listen, uh, look at um, some of the things where, I'll just give you some quick reference. In Luke 18, 23, and they heard, and they were sorrowful. In John 1.37, um, uh, they heard, the disciples heard, and they followed Jesus. Look at what a wonderful action that was. Um, in Acts 19.5, they heard, and they were baptized. Um, in Mark, excuse me, Matthew 22.22, they heard, and they marveled. In 22.23, they heard, and they were astonished. In Acts 4.4, they heard, and they believed. Let's look at Mark 5, 25. Let's see what that says. And there was a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years. Now, we talk about this woman a lot. And it's the only place in the Bible that there was an instantaneous knowing that she felt, that she felt. All the other accounts, feelings... It wasn't, there wasn't anything prominent about the feelings. This is the only time it talks about that she felt, that she felt in herself that she would knew she'd been healed. And had suffered many things of many physicians, had spent all she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. I'm here to encourage you today. If you have spent a lot of money, gone through a lot of stuff, it's not looking good. They have no hope for you but God. When she had heard of Jesus... Came in the press behind and touched his garment. All right. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Now listen to this. She heard 
of Jesus. So when she heard something, she had to make a decision, didn't she? And she made a decision. Well, what was the decision? I'm going out there and doing something. Now, remember, when you read this whole account, do you remember that this woman was putting her life in jeopardy because they could stone her? And you remember Jairus is the one that she interrupted, and he was the one that had the power to stone her. But do you remember all the people around her? She was unclean. And so everybody that she came in contact with had to go through this ritual of becoming clean. So you not think the crowd would be a little upset with her and just want to stone her? <laughs> you know, they had to go through the whole ritual, and yet she heard of Jesus. What did she hear? What did Jesus do? Teaching, preaching, healing. Do you remember in his own hometown there he could do no mighty miracles? Remember that? What's the next thing he did? Very next thing. What did he do? He went and taught. That's the very next thing he did. He went and taught. Why? So that they could hear and be healed, right? So doubt and unbelief can be eradicated completely, totally eradicated. Do you believe that today? Say, I believe it. All right. Let's go. Oh, let's see. Okay, let's go one more place. And then we're going to. I'm going to read you something about um, in, in, uh, way, uh, in the uh, New Testament. I want to read you something in uh, Colossians 1. I want to do this version here. It says, And you estranged as you were, and even hostile in your minds, amidst your evil deeds, he has now in human body reconciled to God by his death to bring you holy and faultless and irreproachable into his presence. If indeed you are still firmly holding to faith as your foundation without ever shifting from your hope that rests on the good news that you have heard, which has been proclaimed in the whole creation under heaven and in which I, Paul, have been appointed to serve. So here he's talking about you were estranged and you were hostile in your mind. Hostile. It's a New Testament in modern English. I thought that was kind of interesting because when you look at being hostile towards somebody or something, it means that you're against, right? So any sliver of doubt or any sliver of unbelief is hostility towards the things of God. We always believe something. Do you know that? You're always in faith about something, but are you in faith in the enemy's camp or are you in faith in God's camp? And see, quickly, quickly, when you have those thoughts, never let a thought go unanswered. That's a real key here because when you have a thought, especially one that says, well, you'll never do this. You have done this for, you know, 100 years. You'll never do this. Well, just look around and say, well, that's not my thought. I don't know who said that, but that's not my thought. I believe 
that I am what God says that I am, and I have what God says that I have. That means he sent his word, and he healed me and delivered me from all destruction. Pastor said this. He looked it up here. He looked it up there. He looked it up there. And all still means all. All. Nothing left out. Nothing missing. So, let's see. So let me close with this. Well, I want to do one more example. Let's go to Acts 3. Okay, let's go to 3.1, and we're going to go through 16. He says, And Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, about 3 p.m., and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them, and entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms, and Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And as he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them, then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I give thee, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up, and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. Immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them at the temple and walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat at alms for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which was happened unto him. And as a lame man, which was healed, held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch, what is called Solomon's great wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us as though we on our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? Now listen to this. The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, had glorified his son Jesus, whom he delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murder to be granted unto you and killed the prince of life whom God has raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And his name, Jesus, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by, uh, by him that giveth him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. So he's saying, why are you looking so earnestly as though of our own power we have done this? Now listen, the God of our fathers has glorified his son Jesus. Now does that sell it for you, that healing? is glorifying God. You give God glory when you get healed. Isn't that wonderful? You ever wonder how to give God glory? glory how, Lord, how do I give you glory? How do, do what he says. Receive what was paid for. It gives God glory when we get healed. That's so awesome to me. All right, let's close with these things. I want to um, give you five points. Number one, make a quality decision to hear the Word of God. Fill yourself up to overflowing. Listen. Speak the words. Again, you don't have to get a hundred scriptures. Get a couple. And you know what really works well? Is ask Holy Spirit 
the scriptures that you should be using. That is so hooked up with power, you get some results that is even beyond what you can ask or think if you'll hook up with God. And every scripture, every part of God's word has life in it. But there is something supernaturally charged when you hear the voice of God and giving you a scripture. Now, uh, Psalms, I think it's 145, um, I think it starts in verse 8. It says, cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in thee do I trust. Cause me to know the way and where I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto you. Deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies, for I flee unto thee to hide me. Teach me to do your will, for your spirit is good, for you are my Lord, and your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Quicken me, O Lord, for your name's sake. For thy righteousness' sake, bring my soul out of trouble, and of thy mercy, cut off all my enemies, and destroy all them that afflict my soul. Years and years and years ago, when I was endeavoring to hear the Spirit of the Lord speak to me, I would go to bed every night, and I would start meditating on that. And I would recite that, and I would go to bed. And then one morning, I woke up, and I heard, cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in thee do I. You know it's in there when it's talking back to you. So if you ever want to know if you have it or not, when it's talking back to you, you know that you have planted, and it anchors down in there. And that anchor is the anchor to your soul, your mind, will, and emotion. So when the storms of life hit you and everything says that you won't have anything, you say, I'm planting, but God, I expect to see that God will do for me what he said he would in his word. So fill up to overflowing. When you've had so much you can't stand it anymore, Creffel Dollar says it this way, that is just the beginning. This is just now when God can talk to you. And I've been going, oh, but that's right. That's about the time where you start getting some wonderful, supernatural, abundant above results. And not only that, you become a vessel for the supernatural results for somebody else. Number two, choose to believe. Seems like a real, real simple thing. But, you know, we choose every single time. You know, people that say, well, I don't want to make the decision yet for Jesus. You already did. You already did. You chose, but you chose against. Oh, no, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. We always choose. So choose to believe. Tell your ears what you have decided. Let these natural ears hear because what you say is more important than what anybody else says. And as you say it, it begins to sink down in your heart. That seed, the word of God planted in your heart will produce the crop. The crop will depend on what you're speaking. You speak in healing, you believe in healing, you're going to produce a healing crop. You need finances, start sowing financial seeds in there. God is real in your life and he's a rewarder. He will do what he says in his word. And faith is always now. You can always locate yourself. If you're thinking that you're going to get it tomorrow or the next day, you are not in faith. Faith is now. I have it. Remember? Remember the, the demonstration? She received it when she took possession of it. It was always hers, but she didn't take possession, so she could never use it, utilize it, until she actually took possession of it. While it was up here, she didn't have possession. It was on her person. It belonged to her. It was given to her. But when she took it 
and brought it in is when it really belonged to her. So receive. Tell yourself, I receive what God says. I am healed. I'm not, I'm not going to be healed in the future. He said. He sent his word. So what I do, here's what, when you're fighting a big, when you're in the middle of a big fight, let me put it this way, because the battle is the Lord's, the victory's ours. When you're in the middle of a big fight, and especially one that you've been there for a long time, I want to encourage you, Deuteronomy 28, uh, declares that sicknesses of long continuances are listed under the curse. Did you know that? So when somebody says, well, it's been like that for a long time, it's never going to change. But God, God said, now God said that sicknesses of long continuance are under the curse. And then when I scoot over there to Galatians 3.13, it says, I have been redeemed, set free, delivered from sicknesses of long continuance. That means the sickness is on its way out. And I'm going to keep on shoving. I'm going to keep on pushing. I'm going to keep on standing. But I'm going to labor only to enter into his rest because he has done the work. He will enforce his word. He will make the enemy flee. I'm encouraged at this moment to tell you something that when we go into his presence with thanksgiving, we enter his courts, right? We enter his courts with thanksgiving. We enter, we enter his courts when we praise. We say we enter his gates. Let me say it right. We enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with our praise. And the scripture says that he inhabits the praises of his people. Now, if he's inhabiting our praises and we're worshiping in spirit and truth, how long can sickness and disease stand? Can't stand in his presence. That tells us that we have a ways to go where praise is concerned, doesn't it? Right? Okay. So, uh, let's go on to three. Confess what you believe. That means what you've decided, what you choose to believe, you are now talking about. Now, let me tell you something about a little bit of wisdom. There are some people that don't believe God heals. It is not your mission. It is not your job while you're in the midst of the battle to go and try and convince somebody else to be healed. You are to protect your heart. You're to protect your sources. If you've got a very special friend who comes and tells you, oh, dear girl, or is talking about you and saying, I know that she's trying, but she's never going to make it, separate yourself for a time. Separate yourself. Remember when Jesus went in to raise up that little girl? He kicked out everybody. Nearly everybody had his disciples with him, a couple of his disciples, and, and um, uh, I believe the parents, but the rest of them he took out. Why? Remember the one man he told, don't go back to that town? Why? Why? Keep yourself, protect yourself. You're in a vulnerable situation. And a sliver of doubt and unbelief destroys things. A sliver. I could give you a brownie recipe, but I've done it so many times that you all know it. A little bit, a little bit of a, a not right ingredient would make the whole batch not worth anything. So protect yourself from doubt and unbelief. Confess what you believe. Feelings have how much to do with anything? Zero. Tell yourself that. Feelings have nothing to do with it. My feelings will not tell me what to do. I tell my feelings what to do. And this is a good, poor, this is a good time to stop real quick. Remember we talked about 
if you have ought against any, God says he can't forgive you, right? And so if you have ought against any, you have put up a big sign that says to the enemy, come on in because I only believe God part way so you can have your share and your, I can be a little sick. The problem is the enemy never allows for a little sick. When he gets there, he grabs more and he grabs more and he grabs more like the squatter. He's going to continue to squat until you evict him. Oh, God, get him off my land. He said, I gave you power. I gave you authority. You do it. He said, I'll back you. I got lots of power. It's not hard for me. He'll have to go. And so sometimes I, I picture this. I picture this little tiny person, and I picture this great big shadow going <coughs> as the devil has to flee. Get out. Because the power and authority, I've been given the power and authority to speak to that mountain, commanded to be removed. So if you have ought against any, it's a choice. It's just a choice. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I release forgiveness to anybody and everybody who I think has ever harmed me. Now, you know that you're not free completely if somebody's name comes up inside of here. I'm not talking about this. I'm not talking about, well, you know what they did and blah, blah. Don't care what they did. Don't, do you want healing or do you want regret? Now, they say that unforgiveness is like taking poison and expecting the other person to die. But you don't know what they did to me. No, I don't. Is it too big for Jesus? You don't, we really don't know what they did to Jesus, how bad it was. They said he didn't even look like a man. He bore all of that. And so all forgiveness is, is I choose. Lord, I release forgiveness. Now, when you're doing that, release it to yourself. Say, Father, I forgive me because I've been so imperfect. I've done so many things. And, you know, you can do that, and two minutes later you can do something goofy. And the enemy wants to tell you, see, you didn't get nothing. You're worthless. You'll never get it. But no, God, forgive me. One time, this is years ago, but I was bemoaning the fact about something, and I couldn't get over something. I just, I would keep coming back, and I had a conversation with a wise friend one time. And, um, and I said, but I, I just expect to get it right at some point, you know. And how many times do I confess? And he said, well, he, she said, did you confess it? I thought, well, you know I did. I just told you. And uh, he said, okay. Uh, and so when you confess it the next time and you haven't done anything in between time, what's God's response? What are you talking about? What do you mean? What sin? Because that sin that you confessed, where did he put it? Yeah, and he says, as far as the east is from the west, he remembers it no more. Why are you hanging on to it? Isn't that goofy? Why would you hang on to something that God has already dumped, forgotten, and as it, it's as if it never existed? But we just drag long boatloads up and say, come on with me, you know. Forgive. Let it go. Let it go. It's a choice. Your feelings will line up. Trust me, it may take a little time, but they will line up. Here's where you know you don't quite have it, is you've forgiven, and out of the corner of your eye, you see that person. And all of a sudden, this little angst comes up in here, and you think, ah, Then what your first thing is, Lord, listen, I forgave that person. I forgave that person. I'm forgiving them again. 
and I'm forgiving myself for that. I'm asking just forgive me, Lord. Ah, and then if you do one step further and you pray for that person. If you pray for them, you can't have what you talk against. Do you know that? And so when you pray for somebody, you're, not, you're less likely to be talking about them any which way, shape, or form because you're praying for them and you negate your prayers. And if you negate your prayers, you not only negate those, but you affect others. So when you walk in forgiveness, it's a choice. And when you one day come across that person and you think, oh, well, don't they look nice today? And you just suddenly realize, you know what? There's nothing there. There's no animosity. There's no, there's not even old things. Now, here's one key. Have you ever had anything that you've done that really embarrassed you? It was kind of goofy. And all of a sudden, you know, you, you repent of it, you do all that, and all of a sudden it comes back in living color. And it's like you're right in that moment again. Oh, I can't believe it, you know, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. If you've confessed it and you've repented it, take the blood of Jesus, wash that thing, and then you tell that memory that it will never be allowed to come back unless you specifically recall it. You take authority over it. You tell it, I put mine on the shelf. Go on the shelf. You are not welcome. You will not come back unless I call you. Do you know that it works every single time? Every single time. If he's pestering you about something, say, listen, I don't know nothing about that. Will you please go talk to Jesus? God doesn't remember it. I'm not going to either. All right, so let's finish up here. So confess what you believe. Feelings have zero to do with it. Confer no longer with flesh and blood. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Don't you want to get somebody to come alongside of you and feel what you feel and be sorry for you some days? You know, you want somebody to know where you are in the pit you're in sometimes. But the whole point of the matter is you should have friends that won't let you be in the pit. They will come in, they will get you out, but they will not come in and stay with you. True friends don't allow other friends to dump. Well, I just have to get it off my chest. Well, you have a perfect opportunity to do it. Repent. Repent. You don't have to rehearse it. What you rehearse is what you get. That's like going. You remember years of old before we knew anything, we'd go and pray and we pray the problem. Oh, God, you know I need to pay my rent. Oh, you know that I'm sick. And we know better. Now we pray the answer. God, you said that you supply all my need according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You said the other day I came home and um, I did a short trip and I came home in my freezer. Um, and I'm not really sure what happened. I thought maybe I left the door open. I could have. I don't know. But my freezer was um, halfway melted, and there was water everywhere. got some stuff, and it was late in the day, and I was kind of tired. And I just looked at it, and I thought, mm, you're a tomorrow project, you know. And, um, and then I got in. I did something else goofy. I have a water machine, and I, somehow or another, I, um, I left the faucet on, which cuts off the ma- It still cuts off the machine when you cut it off, but there was a drip. And so late that night, I heard this drip. I'm thinking, isn't my roof leaking? Can't be. It's too new to be leaking. It's raining cats and dogs outside. And I go to look, and I finally discover what I have, and it just had gone over through the sink and gone and dropped on the floor and made a mess over there. I cleaned up the mess, and I thought, mm 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 And you know what? Through all of that time, I didn't beat myself up. I didn't get all emotional about it, which I would have been all frenzied, you know, years ago. And... I just talked to that freezer. I commanded that freezer to work. And um, 
anyway, so I went about my business. And the next day, I, I get up, and the freezer alarm is still on. And nothing's frozen, even the little popsicle things, you know, the, the freezy things. My husband liked those. Um, they're not frozen, so you can see that nothing's going right here. So I thought about this for a second, and I thought, you know, Father, you said you're a husband to the widow. So would you please fix my freezer? <laughs> so I went on there, I laid my hands on that freezer, and I just talked to it. And, um, and I let it go. I mean, when I go by it, I talk to it. That's all I would do. Now, I don't know what was wrong with it, but I know after, now this is 48 hours later, because remember the first 24, there wasn't any very, I, there wasn't any change. Let me just put it that way. Over the course of the evening, when I got up and looked, guess what? The little light was off and the phrase was just purring away. Oh, glory to God. You have choices. You have what you can believe for. God said nothing's impossible. Nothing's impossible. My friend here one time told me about, um, about her toilet leaking. That's where I got some of this about the widow. And, um, and she said, well, God says he's our husband, that he'll take care of us. And so she asked him to go fix that toilet. A little while later, toilet's running smooth. Nothing's leaking. Everything's good. Is that not right? See, even in the little things, what we consider the little things, God still cares. You can have faith for those things. Headaches, pains, any type of thing. If you're going to take pills, as I said before, get the pills in your hand. Don't just pop them in your mouth. Listen, God created medicine. Nothing wrong with medicine. Thank God for doctors. You know, they have wisdom and they have knowledge that we don't have where the physical body is concerned. So it's good. But they're not the healer. So when you have instructions, just because somebody tells you to do something, don't let flesh and blood be your deciding factor. Let the Word of God decide. You put the Word of God first. Decide that's the way you're going to go. And then you get with God and say, okay, God, they're telling me to do this. Is this what I should do? Or should I, should I do surgery? Should I take the pill? Should I just do, you know... Uh, I heard this one time, um, there was a healing service, and a lot of people decided they're just going to throw their glasses away and stomp on them. And, um, and so I heard this person say, don't do that. He said, all that's going to happen is we have to drive you home like we did these other people. Believe God. You will know when to put your glasses down. Enforce the Word of God. Continue with the Word of God. The Word of God is life. L-I-F-E, life. So if things are not working, life them. You life them with the word, but the word that you're speaking is hooked up to something. If it's not hooked up to God, then the power is not being produced. Words produce when they're hooked up. They're going to be hooked up with the things of the enemy, or they're going to be hooked up with things of God. Right? Okay, so let's finish up. Um, keep God's word in front of your eyes. Keep God's word going in your ears. Keeps God's word coming out of your mouth. Now, Mark 11, 23, and 24. We're going to read that last scripture. This is always a go-to scripture. And I'll tell you what I do when I get done with it. 22 says, have faith in God or have the God kind of faith. For verily I say unto you that whosoever, who's a whosoever in here? Everybody, right? Whosoever shall, think about it. 
say, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, what's the mountain? Sickness, disease, problem, anything anti-God. My rotten attitude, whatever it is, you know, whatever is anti-God, you speak to the mountain, you tell it. Notice it doesn't say pray to God to have him move the mountain, does it? It says, be thou removed, so that's you saying, be thou removed and be cast in the sea and shall not doubt in your heart. Ouch. So how do you not doubt in your heart? When you get so full, do you know how, do you know how bankers tell the fake from the counterfeit? Do you know how they learn how to do that? They study the real thing so that a fake just jumps out at them. See, when you know the real things of God, when you know the word of God, that the fake, the deceiver, you'll be easy to spot it and quick to resist, you know. Be thou removed and be cast in a sea and shall not doubt in your heart, but shall believe that those things, things, T-H-I-N-G-S, those things that you say shall come to pass. You shall have whatsoever you say. Notice you cannot say, praise the Lord, I'm healed one time and run around saying the doctor said, the doctor said, the doctor said, you know, I don't know if I'll ever be able to do it because the doctor said, whose report are you believing there? You're believing the report of the Lord. And even if you're not, if you're doing that ratio, then you have tainted faith. And tainted faith is not going to produce the magnitude of what you want. You might have some success, but faith that is pure, hooked up with the word of God, is what is going to be allowed to flow and produce the results of God. He says, therefore, I say unto you what things soever you desire. When you pray, believe that you receive. When you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have. So when you pray, this is what I say, when you pray, I believe that I take it at the amen. That is my receiving point. Now, when we lay hands on you today, <clears throat> your receiving point is when we anoint you with oil, when we touch you. That can be your, you can say, I receive when they touch me, or I receive at the amen. I always predetermine what I'm going to do when I'm going to receive because it activates your faith. Now, oftentimes we tell you, if you can't do something, oftentimes when we pray for you, we'll ask you, well, do something you couldn't do. We're not trying to do anything except to get you to operate your faith, to move in faith. If you believe that you're healed, then you act on what you believe. Okay. Now, he said this, And when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive you your trespasses. If you hold unforgiveness, you are blocking the things of God. Now, remember, he said, you speak to the mountain. Whatever symptoms you have in your body, you take authority. You speak. And when we pray for you today, even if you would see nothing in your body happen, you believe that you receive it. And as you go, you continue to say, body, listen, I'm healed. You're not acting this way anymore. You will not do this anymore. I, I speak life unto you. Something hurts? No. Get off in the name of Jesus no, no. My dog is a delightful little thing. He's just cute. He's God sent. But he has a personality of his own, as they all do. But when he wants something, he gently will let me know. 
And if I pay attention to it, everything is good. But sometimes he wants something, and I don't particularly want to do it at the time. So he will gently let me know, and then he will talk a little bit. And then he will talk a little bit more, and then he'll start getting physical, and he will touch me. And then his volume goes up greatly. And it is loud, and it is persistent. For those of you who hear it, it's pretty irritating, to be honest with you. But he's getting what he wants a lot of the time. And I've noticed that a lot of the time I just give in and get it. Now, sometimes, sometimes it's good, you know, but I take those hints early on. But some days, pastors and pastors, he gets louder and he will not shut until I finally said, I told you, no, go. And I thought, I got up the other day and I thought, you know what? That's what the devil does to us. And he stays after, and he gets louder, and he gets another report in there. He tells another thing. And then he has a dear, meaning friend come and say, oh, how you remember the, you remember the friend of so-and-so and such-and-such that had this, you know, and they just couldn't. She tried everything. They just couldn't do anything with her. And they just bring in a well-meaning but a doubt and unbelief unto you. And until you stand your ground. Now, the funny thing about that is that dog goes and lays down and leaves me alone for a season. Because he knows he's not getting what it is he's after. But you know what? That enemy is the same way. When you take the word of God and you take a stand and you are not moving, you're not going, you're not going any direction that he wants, he will, he will stop. And you'll be free. Isn't that an interesting thing? That's where the quality decision comes in for you. Okay. So, Mark, confess. Confession bring, builds your confidence. Confession activates your faith. It plants God's seeds. And it leads to possession. All your labor, this is the fourth point, all your labor should be only to enter into as his rest that's all your labor, not to get healed, but to enter his rest. I had a friend who said this. He said, when I quit seeking my healing and started seeking the healer, healing came. Isn't that interesting? Finally, rest is in full assurance that God will do what he said in his word for me. That's what rest really is. It's knowing that you know that you know that it is done. That these symptoms that you see do not make any difference. It is done. That you are healed. All right. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you and we praise you for your word. Father, I know that I know where the word of healing is preached, the power of God is present to heal. And so this day, we're just thanking you for everything that you're doing in our midst. We thank you, Father, abundantly, above all we could ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Visitations, manifestations, demonstrations, healing, Holy Ghost, have your way, however you want to do. We just thank you, Father, that we see your glory today. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So anybody that would like for us to pray for them today, if you will come up on the front row and just have a seat, every other seat, please, and um, come on up, and healing team, come on up. And we
If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.